Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Poker Bear episode 87. 87, Connor. Yeah, there's no 87. There's no. The it's a deadline system. episode. The deadline episode. That's what it is. 87. The number of the trade deadline is 87. I call 1 800 87, I guess. Uh, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Getting down right down to the trade deadline. We're only a few days away. It, now it's heat, heating up. I said on Bruins beat, it wasn't heating up. And at the time, it wasn't. But now it's starting to really kick into gear um, with everything coming out. Elliot Friedman has 32 thoughts uh, Wednesday night, uh, and it was just full of trade rumors and lots of different stuff with the Bruins. But uh, we will start with uh, Wednesday night's game, which was on TNT, uh, and the Bruins lost to the Wild 3-2. to two. The big story, though, Patrice Bergeron out before the game kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I uh, was not expecting that. Uh, you there's a little bit of, you know, warning signs in your head where Jackson gets called up. You're like, all right, what? Is there a trade going on? Which if he's a center. I don't know what exactly that is, but um, yeah, he's got an arm injury that I think they said it came up in practice. It wasn't like a, the head laceration or anything that he had against Pittsburgh, but uh, sitting him out for a couple of games just to, you know, prevent risk of infection, which it's my move. You do not want to lose Bergeron for an extended stretch of time. So crazy uh, that you wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah, especially uh, as we'll talk about, I'm sure in a little bit, uh, one center is now off the market. So you don't have a lot of reinforcements outside of the organization to help you out right now. Um, but definitely a, a big you know, setback for the Bruins in terms of, you know, this is a stretch here where Minnesota is not playing well. Winnipeg's not playing well. Montreal is actually playing well under St. Louis, but it's still a bad team. Um, yeah. Where you're able to, you know, hopefully move up in the standings a little bit here. Um, I think the Bruins now are, I think it's like one, four, and one without Bergeron in the lineup, which not good. A little bit of, little bit of a red flag. So, <laughs> yeah. um, all then considered, you know, they still kept it pretty close in that game against Minnesota. Uh, kind of more or less ran out of gas there in that third, which second leg of a back to back, it happens. Uh, but Definitely a small step back, at least for right now, in terms of kind of getting some traction and hopefully overtaking at least Toronto in the standings over the next week or so. I mean, the Bruins wild rivalry is heating up. You remember the game here in January? It was nuts. And then same thing on Wednesday night. It was just like first five minutes, just hit after hit. Poor Connor Clifton was getting just like a bug up against a glass, just getting like smushed. Uh, McAvoy was hitting everything that moved out there. Uh, He was a good player. 
is uh Marcus Felino. That dude like just throws, yeah, throws his weight around. That's a good He's that's built. a good playoff guy for uh that's a good guy you need for the playoffs. He is built like uh just like a stove. I mean, the way that he can just like effortlessly drop you without yeah. like making it look like he's trying to drop you like with Clifton yeah. it wasn't like he went out of his way he just kind of like stood in Clifton's way and yeah. like this biceps and just yeah. Clifton hit the deck um but uh, not a lot of stock to put in this loss again as you said second night of a back-to-back uh heavy wild team a very good wild team by the way as yeah. folks z has been telling us for years now yes finally it's coming to fruition this team is pretty damn good uh, one thing I did like, though, aside from McAvoy getting burnt on the uh, the, Cap- the Kaprizov breakaway goal, McAvoy was everywhere on yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you look at him uh, and you look at what is going to be required from guys when you get to the playoffs and where every game's pretty much a bar fight. You need a guy like McAvoy that kind of pulls you into the fight. <laughs> it, yeah, and, and pretty much like it's not like it's a, a new development with McAvoy. How many times have we seen him kind of be that guy that answers the call and steps in with a big hit. I mean, we saw it up in the bubble when he dropped uh, Jordan Stahl in that game. Like, and that was a, yes. a momentum changer. So he's definitely a guy I think you don't have to be concerned about in that regard. You've got guys like him, Marchand, even though he's not the biggest guy, right? He's the guy that will, you know, go for that big hit or something that changes the momentum. So now I think it's more about seeing how some of these other guys gel and respond uh, during these games, whether that's, this isn't a game where I think you leave and you're like, the Bruins just need to bulk up completely. They need to get Middleton. They need to get like Delorier out of Anaheim. They should have got Sherrod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank Christ. Even though, holy crap. If that, uh, if Sherrod's going for uh, a first, a fourth and a pretty solid prospect. Ooh. Yikes. But, but I think, yeah, you look at that game. Um, it's not one where it's like, are oh, they need to completely beef up, but you still would like to, even if it's a guy like Middleton for a, a depth piece or something, you want to have at least one more guy that, gets geared up to, to get through that fight. And, you know, whether it's even guys on the roster, I mean, I think after the game, Bruce Cassidy was said he was impressed with Charlie Coyle and his play that, you know, he's not the most physical guy, but he was fighting in the corners. He was throwing his weight around. I think he had like, felt like four or five, like uh, reverse hits in that game too. So he was playing physical and, you know, playing to kind of his strengths with his frame that he's got there. So it's encouraging to see McAvoy lead the way, but hopefully you see more guys, get into that fight and it's not to say that a guy like Grizzik is all of a sudden going to be like trucking guys right but <laughs> if you have more guys kind of pulling on that rope and playing kind of that playoff style game it'll be encouraging when the games actually start to matter in a couple of months and I think that's why they got guys like Nick Felino to hopefully kind of infuse that with the line it just feels like that's not really clicking with him yet yeah um, you also have Anton Bleed you have guys like that Curtis Lazar who can kind of provide that spark um, that you're kind of looking for because the wild again that's a team if the goaltending holds up with that team, which is a big question mark, but if it does, yeah, yeah. that's a team I could see going deep in the playoffs. The way they're built, the way they play, yeah, maybe, no. maybe. Yeah, that's one where just has the. It's the same with like Nashville, which again still doesn't make any sense why they were trying to compete with like getting at home and who knows what they do with <laughs> Forsberg. But that's a team where you just look at the way they play; they grind it out. And they, oh, I think, yeah. they're like far and away. Uh, tops in the NHL and like fighting majors, not to say that they're going to just fight everyone in the playoffs, but that's a team that could wear you down over a seven game series. Like those are teams that have the right formula of, you know, natural. Yeah. They'll grind you down, but they also have got Fulsberg and these other guys that can bury you in the offensive zone as well. So Yossi. those are the teams. Yeah, exactly. Yossi, they've got those are the teams that have the formula that again, they may not be the favorites, but 
they win a round or two wouldn't exactly be much of a surprise, right? Speaking of former Predators, how terrific was it uh, last Wednesday night when the poor kid at the Kraken game has the sign up that says, like, it's my oh. birthday. I want a Kelly Yarncroc stick and Kelly Yarncroc. Pick the wrong time. Pick the wrong time, pal. Yeah, no, don't bring any <laughs> sign around the trade deadline. I mean, the fact that, like, Giordano, like, is being held out of games now in Seattle as like, you know, asset management. And he had like a full ceremony on the ice too. Anyway, like we <laughs> funny if he just got traded immediately afterwards. Like it was like yeah. a wrestling, like a uh, reveal. He just rips off like whatever team he's going to just the flames. It. Yeah. The flames. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Or but, he like, or the uncovers, like, you know, how they give guys like portraits usually when they, yes. uh, when they do instead, it's like the team he's going to. And like, what it's, the return it's, is to the and it's always the most ridiculous gifts too. So it's like, we've given you like a, uh, a bottle of wine from our owner's vineyard, which isn't really much of a gift, but here you go. It's like, they have that, they have like a silver stick. Then it's just like a plane ticket to Calgary economy class. Yes. That's economy. All. Like, yeah, you're going. You're sitting, yeah. You're sitting between two people uh, yes. on, a, on a regular flight. Well, wasn't it, they gave Chara a blank, airline tickets to anywhere in the world and that was right before covid hit so i don't yeah even, see, i don't think Trevor he's even use those tickets yet <laughs> maybe he'll do like one of those like what is it like virgin galactic flights where it's like yes. you pay, like yeah if he's it's a blank check i mean i think you're only in like space for i don't think you're even space you have been like the upper atmosphere for like five minutes yeah, that like, was you, bs you, that wasn't I, even space yeah you kind of you gotta were... just like float for a minute and then you're done like that's cool i can go to the the uh like the Yankee cannonball and can't be like pocket and do that. And I'm gonna pay yeah. forty thousand dollars. Exactly. Or the, or the or the um or the the ride where you sit and it just goes up and down like you they, oh like yeah exactly quick or like and the it, Turkish twist at Canopy Lake Park shout out Canopy yeah. Lake Park yeah I don't need to yeah. I don't need to take out a loan to do, to go on a spaceship. I got Turkish no. twist. I'll go do they, they, remember the, the box there, Evan. The big ride at Canopy Lake Park when I was growing up was untamed. It was maybe like 15 seconds. But it was a big drop, and there was always like a like an hour line for that uh, yes. for that ride. It was it was way too much. Candy Lake Park was a great time, a great field trip. For, it like, still is a great though. time. What are you talking? It it's is still great. a great time. <laughs> we're gonna true. do we're gonna do a live pod for the free agency at Candy Lake Park. Candy Lake Park, <laughs> right outside the right outside the uh, Boston Tea Potty, like the yes. water splash in the background. Yes, that that ride was. I always felt like it was gonna come apart. It was like wooden, and you know, I've been there in so long. Maybe maybe we'll do a live show on a roller coaster. I, I was there when I was little, and uh, in my youth, I had uh, to wear glasses, and of course, I had these huge like Harry Potter like big like circular lenses. And I was waiting at like the very bottom where the water would splash. And granted, I was like five <laughs> or six and the, it was like a wave. It was like a wall of water hit me and it, I, fl- I, f- I flew backwards and like my glasses were completely shattered. Like they got on my face and they were just like broken. So that's my that's my favorite memory. Can it be like back? We video that. That's funny. Like that, like- that's got to be like it's like the Zabruda film. That's from way back <laughs> in the day. That's in black and white film. Someone filming from the bushes. It's so funny. Yes. Like to me, to me. It's so funny because like growing up, you'd go on those rides where you would get soaked and you didn't mm-hmm. care. Like it was so fun. And you walk around. Now, I think if I was on a ride like that and got soaked, I would be pissed off like the rest yeah. of the day. And then it's like 1145 <laughs> a.m. You got another eight hours to go there. Your flip you flops just... are like squeaking as you walk in. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's gross. Sticking to everything. You know, you're, yeah, you're... no. No, awful, awful. But candy is a good time. Candy is a good time. I don't know how we got on this uh, candy. Like people are so <laughs> mad. They thought like we we're gonna drop like trade <laughs> news, and we were we're like seven minutes into this. But anyways, uh, it is a little levity is important around this time of year, Evan. Yes, you gotta stay sane somehow. You gotta make fun of some things. Anyways, safe bet that Candy Lake Park is always a fun time. But when we're talking really safe bets, really safe bets, our good friends over at Bet Online. 
Right you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. It's that time of the year as college basketball takes center stage and the tournament is finally upon us. And if you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Ooh. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started at CLNS50. And it's not just college hoops. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting on hockey, MMA, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all popular sports and games. Bet Online, where the game starts starts where it starts speaking of games starting the games are starting now for march madness yes i'm absolutely uh, I'm, I'm definitely not watching it in like the corner of my room as see, uh, i am as going providence to be- is playing well they're up against the jackrabbits so alas well it's funny because i am going to be inundated uh i start work today or thursday at 5 p.m i'm going to be inundated with games until about 2 a.m. So I yes. am take, I'm going to watch all my games then. I'm going to save my my eyeballs and my attention for them. Um, and I don't want to see how bad my bracket's doing, like already starting. I always do a yeah, few my, brackets. Mine's not, looking, mine's not looking too good already. So, yeah. alas. Crazy. I don't know. It, it, the odds of perfect bracket are like crazy. It's, you live yeah, through it's like impossible. 30 lifetimes and, and, and never do it. Um, anyways, uh, what is worse than a bad bracket is Tomas Hurdle re-signing in San Jose, which we thought might happen. But then I was like, no, like there's no way he actually does. Right. Like they want to get assets, maybe do a quick rebuild. Like he would get you a fair amount. Nope. Eight years, 8 million per right down uh, right before the deadline. And that is bad news for the Bruins. Now I know uh, some people were saying like, Oh, it's good. He didn't go to an Atlantic division rival. That is true. It is good. He didn't go to the Panthers or one of those teams, but it would have been nice to have Tomas Hurdle on this team. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from it is that I think throughout this deadline, even before the market started heating up, we've talked about, I think, what the Bruins' long-term strategy here is. And, of course, it's you want to improve this current roster and, and you know maximize this team's potential and what could be the last kick at the can for Bergeron and a few of these other guys. That's obvious. But I think you look at whether it's their strategy of getting guys with term or it's, um, you know, younger guys that you can add to this core for, for for like the foreseeable future. Like they want to contend this year, but also have a framework in place for the coming years. So that's why we've talked about Kyle hurdle, who again, you'd have to resign, but if hurdles, your two C next year. And when Bergeron retires the next year or two, he's your one C you're all set. Like you're not, you know, you still need to continue to improve this roster, but you've got a pretty good, you know, way to bridge that gap between this Bergeron era and then, whatever the next era is, right? The McAvoy, Pasternak era. Now you're kind of stuck in a spot where, again, it's not like the Bruins, all of their deadline hopes fell on Tomas Hurdle. They can reverse course and look at the wing or on defense. Uh, which feels, is like Claude Giroux, feels like Claude Giroux is probably gone. Yeah, if like Claude Giroux is probably the best possible other option there if you want to look well, at strength what I, the no, what I was What I was saying was it feels like he's not going to Boston. To yeah, I, I think it's either... I think it's Florida. Yeah. So even though I think they have to do some, but even if it's not Florida, like I know they have to do a little bit more cap maneuvering, then he's going to go to like Colorado. Like it's going to yeah. be, if, if he's moving and leaving Philly where he's so connected, I don't think it's going to be for a, a team in that, like, you know, a tier. It's like the S tier. It's going to be like one of yes. like those two giant. And also like twist my arm. I have to go down to 
Palm Beach or Sunrise, Florida for a few months to try to win a cup. Like it's not not the worst thing in the world. Um, But for the Bruins, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate just because it made so much sense is why I think it's, it's such a kind of tough pill to swallow and why it kind of pours water on the fact that the Bruins had this, I think, long-term strategy of, you know, we can contend this year, maybe next year Bergeron's back, but if we're stopped with our, uh, you know, identifying our trade targets, we can, fill in these kind of key cogs in the roster by, you know, acquiring Gallic hurdle, a, a top six center in his prime that would fit in great here. Alas, that's not the case. So now it's one, you have to, you know, switch gears with this current deadline, which at least there's more options out there. It's not like that, you know, he was the only guy that, you know, if they don't get hurdle, there's nothing else they can do. Of course, there's other stuff they can do. And well, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, in terms of the long-term goal, right? Like it's still, it's going to be an issue for however long it takes until they legit, you know, find a, a person that to fill in that spot. Because if there's one thing that's going to undo this team and you look at the framework of them with, you know, let's say they get like a Hampus Lindholm or, or a Garland or something like that. You add them to this core in the next coming years with McAvoy and Pasternak and Hall and, you know, Marchand still, you know, in his prime, like Swayman as well. It's a good roster. But if there's going to be an Achilles heel, it's going to be you have nothing down the middle. If Bergeron retires next year and you have no one there, you're in trouble. So that's why I think the hurdle news is so discouraging. And again, it literally, I don't get why San Jose is doing it. This is the problem with some of these GMs where it's you're sticking with guys when the writing's on the wall, they need to rebuild. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I also think, again, you look at like, I just wrote this down. If you're core, I'm going to twist the knife a little bit more with hurdle leaving or hurdle not, hurdle not going anywhere. Hurdle. Pasternak, Hall, Marshan, McAvoy, Swayman. Not a bad core. You have a number one center. You got three top six wings, a number one defenseman, and a number one goalie. That's pretty good. But I think it comes down to um, with a guy. Again, I also I was thinking about this the other day, actually. You know, it's funny. This whole era in Bruins history began with bringing in a number one center and Mark Savard. Like that's how this all started. Now, yeah. obviously I think it's safe to say they still would have won the cup if Savard was healthy. Like, I think that's pretty, you know, obviously they probably would have, um, but that's, that got the whole ball rolling. So again, it's okay to go out with a guy like hurdle who makes all the sense in the world, who checks all the boxes. It's okay to go out and get a guy like that and give him all that money. I think some people were saying, Oh, they have to do, they can only develop, you know, their future number one centers. Well, they didn't. So you have yeah. to quote and do these things. Um, it's the same with a guy like JT Miller, who also feels like he might be about to resign. So these teams are just, at least with Vancouver, it's more of a roster. Like at least with Vancouver, I guess it's a little bit better up yeah. there. San Jose, I mean, San Jose is a young rebuilding team. They have no goalie. Like it's, I don't, I, I mean, don't understand you, it at all. You look at that contract, which I think hurdles uh, 8.1 million per year. So they've got six contracts now. They're going to cost legit. Like I think it's 49.9 million against the cap. Oh, good. And, and four of them are guys who are 37 and Burns. And one of them looks just like you. <laughs> I know. 34 and Vlasic, a.k.a. Connor Ryan. Uh, Couture, who's 32, which is still a good player, but he's not a guy you're necessarily building around. And Carlson, who's kind of rebounded this year, but still injuries, and he's not the same player, and he's making $11.5 million a year for the future. Like. I don't know. Oh. I understand, you know, there, I saw pushback by people saying like hurdles, a fan favorite and they want to keep people in the seats. Well, like, sure. But they're also, you got 50 million of your cap spent on guys of which four of them are pretty much sunk costs at this point. I, I don't get it, Evan. Like, again, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, 
But the question now becomes the Bruins cannot dwell on this forever. They have to move on. Uh, how do they pivot? And it feels like the way they pivot is they might get a top six winger, but it also feels like they're pivoting towards defense. At least that's kind of what Elliot Friedman alluded to. Uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think Friedman said in his, uh, his 32 thoughts that the Bruins are very cognizant of the fact that, you know, depth on defense is what kind of hurt them in that Islanders series. So, um, you know, if you're pivoting towards that, you at least have many options. I mean, obviously Chikorin is the top one, which I, again, I think I've been very, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Not, not, I haven't bought into the chicken and hype in terms of just how viable the Bruins are as potential buyers in that situation. Just cause I just, I still don't think you're, you have the assets to acquire him, not without it being something where it's one where like, if they got chicken, it would be a tweet from like Freeman being like chicken to BOS. And people like, yes. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, it'd be like, yeah, like two first, lower I Lysel. And yeah, be like, no. oh, 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 you know, like, I just think that, again, Arizona is not in a position that they need to move him. They've got other teams that can outbid the Bruins, probably. And unless you want to pony up and completely deplete your farm system for one player, I just don't know if the Bruins are going to do that. Again, maybe it's Lindholm, who uh, right now, I think it was Frank Saravelli just tweeted that uh, Ducks not really hopeful about Lindholm long term in terms of signing a contract, which. It's good news for the Bruins or anyone else. However, he also said that the Ducks would be asking for a first, an A-plus prospect, and someone else for a rental. So, and again, it seems like Lindholm's a guy who wants to go to market. Like, I think he wants, like, an eight-year deal. So, that would take him to his age 36 season. Oh, good. So, (laughs) risk there. I mean, that's another one you have to be careful for. Um, Again, fits the profile, even though his numbers have dipped a little bit, he very well could rebound if you put him with McAvoy or even Kahlo. Like, he spent a lot of this year with Jamie Drysdale, I think, who's a really young player for the Ducks. So, maybe a more stable spot gets his numbers kind of back up to where they need to be. But um, there's at least other options out there, though, if they go for defense. Again, it could be just even a depth piece like a Jacob Middleton or a Calvin DeHaan or Justin Braun, any of these guys. They all would help in that regard. Like, as much as I think a top four D makes a lot of sense. And if you're able to acquire a chicken at the right value, which is going to cost a lot, but I think as we've, I think we've both be, you know, fallen into agreement that if it's a first lore, another prospect and something else, like a second or a third, I think you do that. Like you give you up one, it. if it's lore, yeah. And it's a legit 23 year old top four D under that contract, you do it. But if it's that, multiple guys, yeah, it's one for, it's, you're swapping. Yeah, that, exactly. You're swapping current for future. Like that's kind of where you're at and the Coyotes are more at. They need guys uh, for the future. I also think it's very interesting um, that it feels as though uh, with a guy like uh, like with, with Tomas Hurdle, you know, it, it just, it, it, or excuse me, with the Ducks, it would have taken, it feels like it's going to take a lot, but the market could bring it down, right? They could get closer and, and bring the price down a bit. Um, and but again, like the Ducks, it feels like out of all the obvious guys that the Bruins could go for, it feels like the Ducks are the, the like Raquel, Lindholm, uh, Manson's obviously gone, but those two mm-hmm. feel like the obvious picks. But again, the Bruins don't do the obvious trades a lot of the times. Like yeah. Taylor Hall was kind of a one-off in that sense last year where he like just was like, I want to go to Boston. Like that's, that's yeah. really it. Um, like when Bucci Gross tweeted just a picture of Boston last year and everybody was like, yeah. what could it mean? What could it mean? So he's listening uh, to Augustana. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that must be it. Um, 
But it feels like the Ducks could provide that option. Uh, but again, it, I have not seen that tweet. But first round pick, which I'm okay yeah, like with a, parting yeah. with. I'm okay with yeah. parting with the first. But then to also give up an A-plus prospect for Hampus Lindholm, who, again, as you said, shaky, could be on the decline, and signing a guy through when he's 36. Oh, doesn't that make your skin and, crawl? And again, even, even if it's a thing where you acquire him and you sign him to, I don't know, seven and seven, which I think would still scare a lot of Bruins, like a seven year contract. Let's say you trade him and he agrees to that as part of the, you know, as part of the deal. Even then I don't want to give up like a first and Lori or Lysel for that. Cause I still, he's not as much of a, a surefire thing there. And that's a lot to commit to. Like, again, anyone other than those, I'm only moving Lori and Lysel for like a guy like Chickeran, who's that age has a lot more room to even grow. Like again, Hamilton is a very good player, but I don't know if he's going to be exactly the guy that, um, is worth sacrificing one of your two blue chip prospects in that regard. I feel like the Ducks also are basing their price off what Sherratt got because that's, way that's this is the problem is that that Sherratt thing is now going to make the entire market wacky because even like a guy like Middleton or a guy like Braun who shouldn't cost a lot, like is Justin Braun going to go for like a second round pick now? Because like, all right, like I don't know if you want that. He would make plenty of sense as like a third pairing guy that you know if you're replacing him with like Clifton makes plenty of sense. It's just a short-term thing that maybe puts you over the top this year. You don't have to worry about him next year. He's 35 years old. So, but if it's a second, all right. Same with Middleton. Like Middleton's an AHL guy who like has been very good this year, but are you giving up like a second and Oscar Steen for Jacob Middleton when you could have picked him off waivers last year? Not great, right? This Not whole great. Mo- like we'll see if the market maybe kind of slows down a little bit now. The teams kind of catch their breath after that Sherrod deal, which I mean – if you're Florida, you probably don't care because, you know, you thought that that's a guy you identified and it makes you tougher to play against. So I don't think he's that good, but you went on and got him. You outbid everyone else for him. But now you, all these other teams are kind of evaluating what the next step has to be. Well, it's like the Lightning a few years ago when they went out and got uh, Coleman and Goodrow. And didn't they give up a first for Barkley Goodrow? Like a career yes. bottom yeah. six forward. I think that's yeah. at the standard because, again, it's like he came in, made an impact. They won two cups. and Everybody's like, oh. We gotta, you know, we gotta be really careful. We don't, have, you know, we don't have to be careful with our first round picks at all. We can just hand it out mm-hmm. to any depth player because it could mean a lot, you know, for that season. I think the Panthers are kind of in that position where they want to just go for it. They don't give and, it. They and, don't care. Uh, and David Savard, who was legitimately a pure rental for them, like yeah, that was a first and a third round pick for him. Yes, Again, they got they got two cups out of it. So, but still, teach their own, I guess, on that sense. Yeah. The other thing is, um, by the way, the Bruins getting a depth defenseman. I mean, look at the game against the Wild the other night. If Clifton gets injured on any of those plays, what do you have on the right side after the yeah. after him? Like Clifton is like Clifton is already shaky, and add in him being gone, and suddenly you are putting guys who are supposed to be on the left side on the right side, and that becomes a little bit um, of an issue. So again, I totally understand the Bruins going for uh, defensemen. Now we come down to what our predictions are, which we made predictions on Bruins beat. I'm going to guess they're different because you said. They were going to get uh, Hurdle and Middleton. Hurdle and Middleton. And then didn't you say they were also going to make a deal with the Ducks for Raquel? I believe so, yes. Uh, and I, I don't know if you – I don't think you put Lindholm in that too. You wouldn't – I don't think you would have said uh, no. both. But I said they were either going to do Hurdle and Middleton or Raquel and uh, Manson. That has also – that will not happen because Hurdle's yes. signed and Manson is in Colorado. Um do you have any updated predictions? What do you think they do? Because I my prediction is much different today. I'm going to say they swing for the fences, Evan, 
and they acquired Jacob Chikrin and Clayton Keller for their entire farm system. <laughs> no, I don't think they will do that. <laughs> oh, that, I thought you were serious for a second. I was so excited. I mean, no, that. I think that would be like the best case NHL be a GM mode thing that would solve their issues. I don't know what that cost would be. It would be ridiculous. The problem with Arizona is that Arizona makes so much sense in terms of a team that you can also dump contracts on because they just need to hit the cap floor. And Clayton Keller is a great 2C that could very well become a, a 1C down the road. He's a great young player. I don't think you have the assets to, one, acquire Chikorin, and I don't think you have the assets to acquire him and Keller, who's also locked down long-term on a contract. So Arizona would be an appealing trade target, though, trade team, just because, one, they desperately love to clear cap. They're, I think, intent on trying to sign Austin Matthews and want to free up as much money as possible. Granted, if you then move Chikorin and Keller, I don't know why that makes him an appealing destination for them but that's a team that would work in terms of if you need to move you know like john moore's contract or like even a guy like mike riley who i think you might have to move if that's the situation you have to free up other cap aside from jake debrusque then um makes sense i just don't think they have the assets for it that's one maybe down the road uh they move keller which would not surprise me but i think right now i'll go with uh bruins Hmm. I'm going to say they give up. They're going to leave this deadline without their first this year and next year. And it's in deals again, don't have the pieces, but I'll say they get Garland, who I think is going to be moved and uh, Lindholm. That's legit. That's legit. Uh, that's a big deadline. That would be like, again, I think they need it. You need it and they're building. And I think that's not a bad deadline uh, to me. I see them going smaller and I know people don't love this. I think it's going to be adding a depth defenseman like a Justin Braun or a Middleton, or someone like that. I'll say Braun. I'll say Braun. Um, and maybe even another defenseman. Maybe they go two depth defensemen. I'm going to be a little different here. I'm going to say they go with Braun and Middleton, because, they're again, teams teams get when, – when teams have bad things happen, they get very worried about those things happening again. And what happened in the Islanders series, I think they can't really get a number one unless they went for Chikrin. So I think they're going to go with two depth defensemen, just stack both sides – Hope they put the right pieces out there. And up front, feels like Connor Garland has been tossed around a lot. The other guy who was uh, said was Max Domi. Elliot Friedman yes. mentioned Max Domi in that. So maybe they go for him too. But I will say, I think they go for two depth defensemen. I think I can, that's my big prediction. They go for two depth defensemen. I don't see them doing big things this deadline. I initially did. Now it's getting closer and closer and teams like Florida with more assets in New York and Minnesota and all these people get involved feels like it's going to be a smaller deadline, you know? Um, but again, I don't think they should do that. I'm with you. I think they, yeah. they should do what you said, not what I said. Chicken Ch- uh, Ch- Ch- and Keller, the, yes. the original one. <laughs> that is what they should I just, do. I just said, I just said that. So if that in the 0.1% chance it happens, I can then just run this video and be like, this is what I said originally. Yeah. What I I said. Said, it's, it's like the people on Twitter who, uh, who are, you know, they're, they're verified. They but, toss know, out so many, they toss out so many takes until one of them's right. And then you just yeah. like flex it's like, on it. Yeah. It's like, exactly. Oh, this, you know, the Raiders are interested in Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. Right? You know, that's like Keller's Keller's definitely one you look down the road. Cause I think now that hurdles off the boards, uh, unless a guy like Sadnika pans out, which, or like, you know, Harrison down the road, like, you got to start identifying that next wave of, you know, talented centers that probably aren't going to be sticking with the team in the next two, three years. Cause that's the Future. only way I think you're, yeah. I mean, like, again, I don't know how exactly he fits into like a top six role. So you have to look at a guy like Keller or these other guys on teams that are either rebuilding or in spots where you just know they're not going to be there in a year or two. 
and you know start laying the groundwork there because you need you need some help down the middle. Yeah, I, they they got to go big with that. They have to go big with yeah. that because again, if you open next season, you know Bergeron retires. Let's say you got you know Nosek, Halla, Coil. Not good. Not great. Not great. Not great at all. But the deadline should be fun. Uh, And what can the people look forward to over at BSJ with deadline? Yeah, we'll have all the breakdowns of any moves the Bruins make, any moves that happen across the market. We had a breakdown of uh, the hurdle news and how it impacted the Bruins. Um, So all that stuff will be over at uh, BSJ. So subscribe to bostonsportsjournal.com. You want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day.